Welcome back to the studio. This is D1 Rejects, and I am your host, Kobe Manzo, joined today, not by myself today, actually. Kate is back. And who's that in the chair next to you? That is uh, Mr. Oh. D1 Rejects himself. Oh, the merchandise. Hello. Should I get up and hold it or what? Uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. The uh, I've got, I'm rocking the gray. As you can see, rocking the gray shirt, probably my favorite. Um, but Kate will give a, a quick demo here. Black and white t-shirts now available in the store. What do we think? The white's not bad. Yep, that's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. A little overexposed on the camera there, but not bad at all. Huh? There it is better on that, that one. There we go. Hold up the black real quick. The black is is might be my favorite. The gray is the gray is me. I think I think I'm with the gray, but uh let's see this uh let's see this third option. We got a good episode for you today. I promise it's more than just uh shameless self-endorsement. But hey, we get in when we can. Oh, that's beautiful. Gosh, that is gorgeous, isn't it? <laughs> but big episode today. Today is June twelfth, episode 102. We're in the three digits. It's so sweet to say that every time. Uh, Connor Neer joins us today. This is a guy that I've wanted to get on the show for quite some time now. The All-American Division II linebacker from Ferris State entered the transfer portal after spring ball, was fielding offers from West Virginia, Michigan State, Duke, Texas Tech, ends up at Oklahoma in the Big 12. Huge jump for the kid. Absolutely excited for him. He, I just told Kay, we wrapped up that conversation, and uh, one of my favorite guests to date on this show. So, remember, if you're on YouTube, timestamps, bottom of the video, you can fast forward right to that conversation if you don't want to hear me bicker anymore, but I promise we got more good stuff for you. We'll talk with him all about making the jump from D2 football to Power 5. Uh, on the NFL side of things, pro football, where's D-Hop going? We don't know. Nobody does. We're going to speculate just like every other talking head. Yeah. On the internet, right? Uh, that'll be pretty quick. The XFL lost $60 million in year one. Yeah, I saw Dwayne Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson tweet about it. Jesus, man. <laughs> I mean, that's steep. <laughs> 60 mil. <laughs> He's pulling that out of his ass. Like, Well, you know, when you have the Terramana business just taken off. Yeah. You can afford a couple of those losses. And remember, he's not the only guy. There's like a whole... Um, I'm but he's a talking head. He is kind of the, the public figure. But the woman, gosh, and I'm blanking on her name. I'll remember when we get to the topic. She is really, I think, the spearhead of, of the whole project. Yeah. Now, they have funding for years to come, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Tampa Bay is bringing back the creamsicle jerseys. And they're wearing against the Lions. Against the Lions. Of course. <laughs> That's going to be brutal. I'm be pissed. I'm assuming it's a home game too. It has to be a home game. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be pissed watching that game. We're gonna take a look at the cream sickles uh, a little bit later. And Kyle the, Trask running up and down the field in the cream sickle. In the spirit of new looks and new logos, oh, wait, the no, Browns. He's not, he's not in the Falcons, is he? Or yeah, he is. Tampa Bay. Yeah, because it's him and Baker. Could be Baker. Yeah, Baker. They, is he still signed? We'll talk about it later. But uh-huh. the Browns have a brand new bulldog logo, which is a dog. It is sick. It is really dope. We're going to take a look at that. They just announced that on Twitter, I think, a little bit earlier. Finally, on the D2, D3 side of things, we're going to take a closer look at the White House visits from Ferris State and North Central. They were honored at the College Athlete Day today at the White House. There's a pretty funny reason why Joe Biden actually couldn't attend that. I'm not sure if you saw that. You didn't? We'll talk about it later. How about that? It's pretty good. Why? You know, like, it's, it's funny. I don't want to say it right now. They got to listen to it's hear like it. like serving ice cream or something? <laughs> chocolate, chocolate chip. It does have something to do, potentially, with eating ice cream. No, it doesn't. It does. I I put I put my merch on it. It does. <laughs> merch it? Chocolate, chocolate chip. Merch it. Otherwise, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Like I said, if you are, use the timestamps. Bottom of the video. Fast forward to any part. And listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter, D1 underscore Rejects. On Instagram, at Division One Rejects. 
both those platforms have been taken off. Absolutely taken off the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm super pumped about it. We feel like we're getting a, a pretty Instagram. substantial following. Instagram for sure. Popping off. But this conversation is going to be popping off. Let's go to the talk with Connor Nier. Joining the show tonight, All-American linebacker from Ferris State, back-to-back D2 national champion, and a man who just joined the Sooners, the fucking Sooners, down in the great state of Oklahoma, it's Connor Nier. Connor, what's going on, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to be on the show. I've been a fan for a long time and everything that you guys are kind of doing for Hell football. Yeah. It's kind of our own little world, and you put, like, the best light on it that I've seen. Hell so yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Damn, we're ripping promos right off the bat. I love it, dude. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Easy. Really, though, I, I appreciate that. I was Real. telling you before we started, uh, I'm sure you've been seeing all the, the White House visit uh, content today from the Ferris, the Ferris State crew. Did you see the one? We're going to pull up the picture um, after this conversation. I might have it on hand. I'm not sure. But Anise in, that, uh, in the poncho. Yeah. <laughs> there's some great pictures of that man over that the years. comedy, dude. <laughs> Add another one to the collection. He seems like a character. That one rivals the um, the big cowboy hat as soon as they got down. You guys got down to Texas this last oh, yeah. year on a McKinney. Oh, yeah. We, one... we recreated that one. We did it like back-to-back years with did the you... same picture of the hat and stuff. But Imagine that, funny. just he's going awesome. back down there and just recreating it for the hell of it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's funny. But, um, <laughs> you know, you said it when I first reached out to you to get you on the show. And you were like, man, like, love to come on, but just got to wait till all this shit settles down. Right? That was kind of right. the, the main gist of it. And I read, you know, I do a little reading. I do a little research. And, and you had a quote. You called it the most stressful week of your life at one point. From announcing that you were going into the portal to finally finding your landing spot and down in Norman. But... Talk about that, dude. Why was it the most stressful week of your life? I mean, I get it, but talk about it for people who might not understand. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I'm not a dude that goes around and talks to a bunch of people. And I think my phone, I had to put it on Do Not Disturb, like, at all hours just because <laughs> it was too too much. Um, on the phone constantly with coaches and just – so that, that was right at the beginning. And then after that, kind of calmed down, and I kind of narrowed out, okay, I'm going to visit here, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um then it's like, okay, every decision I make and every person I meet, like, is going to affect the, the outcome of my life. Like, and it's it's, a, it's a, the biggest life decision I made in the past four years, kind yeah. of deciding where to go the first time around. So it's just, there was a lot to take in in such a short amount of time, honestly. Yeah, I believe that. And so you graduated, you got your bachelor's from Ferris. Hence, I'm assuming yep. that was a big part of prompting that move. And, you know, the success you've had at this level, it totally warrants, it's, and, you know, you saw where you ended up. But to talk about that, why Oklahoma right off the bat? I know West Virginia was in that mix. Michigan State took a visit. It sounded like you were planning on heading out to Duke. Um, what was it about Norman? It sounded like you got there and you just felt like that was the spot. Yeah, so I uh, – it's like simple, to keep it simple, Brent Venables. Like yeah, the, there you go. That, you know what, that's that not guys. that bad of a reason, to be honest yeah. with you. That's, no. that's pretty good. He knocks your socks off, especially being a linebacker. Like, he is the yeah. the defensive linebacker guru of the past 20, 30 years. So, um, he, that's it, honestly. I, that's not like, – yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect, you know. Yeah. Hearing that, it's like, all right, yeah, yeah. it's valid. I'm sold, guys. Like, yeah. you don't really need to do much else. Now, I feel like I mean, the first conversation that, would have like, to be like, holy shit. Like, this, is, <laughs> this really is him. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. And I, it was funny because I was thinking, too, like – 
again, you're not, you're probably not one of the, the flashier guys. You're not really worried about the bells and whistles that come with all the recruiting, especially being a grad transfer. I think we find that a lot right. with a lot of the grad transfers. These guys come in. I do all of our photo shoots here at Northern and the grad transfers are always the guys that are like, let me get my couple pictures. I'm straight. And, you know, their, their priorities are in the right spots. Now, with that being said, walking out onto the field down there for the first time, like that had to be pretty sick. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's not like the big house where it's like all spread out and really big, you know, like yeah, kind of a bowl in the big house. And it's this is like straight up and down. It's on top of you. Uh, oh man, it's surreal. So sick. Yeah, it's like eighty-five sick. or ninety, I think. Damn. Somewhere in there. Damn. And I, yeah. I'm going through Twitter today too, and I see this um, video from OU football, and they were doing like the body scanning with all the muscle mass, bone density, all that. Did they stick you in that machine. Oh, yeah, I did that, like, last week, Tuesday or something. Uh, it's cool. I haven't got the results back yet, but I got to sit there and, like, break it down a little bit with the person on staff that was doing it. I'm going to say uh, like, like full-time, just... like, dietitians and everything, man. It's pretty It's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, getting vitamins. It's all specific to you, and it's, it's next level, like, the amount of resources. That's that was crazy. the other thing, like, that I kind of noticed going through the whole thing. Everybody's got a lot of really, really nice stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, as far as once you get to this power five level. So I wasn't too worried, like you said, about getting sold on any of that. It was more like, give me around the people. Who am I actually going to be with every day? Let me meet the strength coach. Like, spend a lot of time with that staff. Yep. Let me, like, what's the need at my position group and stuff like that. So bells and whistles are sweet, and they're tools that are going to help me only, like, try to become the best athlete I can. But a lot of them are all – they all have everything. They have to to compete, you know? Yeah. All right. Solid answer. Solid yeah. answer. Um, I got a question. Um, what would you – so you're down in Norman right now. You've been down there? Oh, yeah. How yeah, long have you been, been down there for? Like, oh, man. I think I'm going on – what's the 12th? Like, this is the fourth week maybe? Oh, nice. Okay. So, you, you, so you're pretty uh, acclimated and all that already. I would, I'm going to yeah. ask, um, what's been like the biggest difference for you so far? Like the one difference that's like stood out to you the most from, you know, the, the D2 level – and uh, Big Rapids, and then going to, right. uh, you know, Norman, Oklahoma. It's obviously a huge jump on paper, you know, so um, I just kind of want to know. Yeah, what's but how been... big really is it, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say, I know you asked for one, but there's two. Like that come okay, okay. Yeah. So, we'll, take um, it. we'll take that. First, like the strength staff, I don't know what you guys know about what we have at Ferris. We just got a new sweet weight room up there. Oh, I saw it. I was actually down there shooting uh, the volleyball, GLIAC volleyball tournament, so I did a little – I snuck away yeah. and took a look. It's it's pretty nice, man. It's a nice little yeah, setup. That, that was fun. That was a blast to have. Um, and but the staff is really small. We have one guy, Coach yeah. T. Um, he's my guy. Like love him. Everybody does. Shout but out. But there just isn't a huge staff. We don't have much going on as far as like help when you're actually going through the lifts and stuff. So, yeah, it's tough. And here, I have my own rack coach that's 45 or something. Like he's a professional, and then. There's only eight guys, nah, maybe six guys on that rack. That they're kind of two racks. So yeah. just the hands-on coaching and like the detail, and there's always eyes on you. And there's a little bit less self accountability and more. We're gonna make sure you do every single thing you do right. And the rack that, that coach. has wow. out a lot. Like, um, but then on top of that one is uh, the food, man. I'm eating like a king. that's good man i I didn't you know d2 life you cook every meal for for the most part during the season you get some pre-game meals or whatever and stuff like that but 
like here it's all taken care of yeah. <laughs> I, I get to bring home tupperware with some food sometimes damn so damn Damn is that, right. That's huge. That is actually that's that is major. That's that is huge. that is major. Um, you could have said that thing, that thing only, and I've been like, you know. Say when we said what sold them is like they actually just gave me this brand new set of Tupperware when I got on bro, campus. I've been like, <laughs> bro, that's so valid. Like, I've, I've been right there. With you know how it is, that's dude. Good. Going waking up every day after to figure out what you're gonna eat. Like once you take that out, there's there's not a lot going on. No, I'm it's spending ball, a band bro. on groceries every week. It feels like <laughs> exactly, I'm here. bro. It's absurd. Exactly. Um, but let's go back. A little bit, and I wanted to ask, when the first time you remember sitting down, whether it be right after the season ended or after, you know, right before you were about to get your degree, you kind of sat down and just had that moment, and you were like, hey, I've proven myself at this level. When did you decide that, you know what, damn it, I'm good enough to go and make that jump, and I think some other schools would agree. When did you end up really making that decision and kind of, uh, you know, setting your your sights on that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, So kind of. As far as it went for me, um, I, the first day of spring ball, kind of, I rolled around and I live in a house. They guys, Nick Thomas, been on the show. Um, he's one of them. Same and, house, uh, huh? Same house. Eight, eight guys, guys in that two, house. Two bathrooms. Like it's, it was a two, best time of my life. I, I'm not having roommates crazy. here, dude. I'm done with roommates. Like that's, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Holy cow! So, uh, but living there and stuff. All those guys were gone. I was the only one in the house this spring that was going to be playing. Like, they were either out of their eligibility or getting a job. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I just kind of – I showed up to that first practice. And I was like, dang, this is the first time I've ever – we have to drive over to our field over there yep. from the locker room. And I was like, it's the first time I ever pulled up alone, I think. And it's the first day of spring ball. Like, usually we're all, you know, gassed up and ready to roll. So, from that moment forward, I was kind of just in a little mental spot of, like, I don't know – should I transfer now? Should I wait another year and then maybe think about it? Like, should I try to r- ride this out one more time and be a leader on this team? And I kind of just talked to a few different people that are like important figures in my life over the course of the spring ball and um, behaving my best, tried to be a leader. Um, I didn't do a whole lot during spring. Our older guys kind of go to more coaching and, you know, working on more technique stuff. And, uh, I hear you. But, uh, one spring ball got done and we had our national championship celebration after um, the spring game that weekend kind of sat down with the coaches the following week, which was when the portal was open or whatever. I think it was the second week of it. Yep. And I just kind of told all of them what I was thinking and where I was coming. And I'd had some real conversations with them before about like me, just happiness and what I wanted to do with the rest of two years of my eligibility and, it kind of didn't make that decision until after the spring finished. I wanted to put myself in the position to have the choice, you know, to do what I wanted. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's a pretty good way to to go about it. And you know, you talk about like being open with your coaches through that process, and that's something I think is super important because you used to have to do that, but now, right. you know, say you and coach don't have kind of have a rocky relationship, you just shoot an email over to compliance, and all of a sudden you're scot free. And it's like that dynamic to me is is interesting. I think to say yeah. in the least. And that's what I wanted to, to ask you about is that I read you had an agreement. It's like a handshake agreement with coach Anise that, you know, if you didn't get any offers from an FBS team that suited you or somewhere you really wanted to commit to that you were just going to come back to the team and, you know, it was going to be business as usual. Talk about what that conversation specifically with him was like. Yeah, it was a, it was a long conversation and it was lengthy and it was more than just football. Like it was yeah. about life, stuff like that. We, been together for four years and kind of brought up like Tariq um, from uh, Grand Valley and like 
what his situation was. And I was like, this is kind of, I just want to see what the options are for my future. And that's a great example. Actually. I did not, I didn't think about yeah. that, but very similar situation. Yeah. So it, it worked out. He was super open-minded and he was a little frustrated at one point, but I don't blame him. And I was a little frustrated at one point, but we all worked it out. He's been nothing but supportive coaching these as far as helping me with anything that I need to get cleared or making decisions. And we, we open channel of communication for sure. That's good, dude. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's no, the way you, you want to go about it. Sometimes sure. you don't know, you know, it's, it is yeah. kind of scary. There yeah. can be bad feelings hurt and people pissed off. And so it's I, a I business, yeah, right? A, it's, at the end of the day, yeah. it's a business. And like right. losing you. But from like an outside outside perspective on coaching, he's like, He's he's been coaching a while, you know. He he knows the old way of coaching, knows the new way of coaching. You know, he's I feel like he's kind of like a, you know, he can relate to like you've been there, like you said, you've been there four years. Like you gave nothing but every like nothing but your off or whatever, you know, four years. And you guys mm-hmm. had a real you guys had a real conversation, which I think you know is huge. You know, sat down one on one and didn't just make it something like Kobe said over an email. You know, you had you had a real yeah. No, that was the first thing I did before I went to compliance. Yeah, so exactly, like, which is huge. Like, Guys, this is what I'm doing. Oh, I, I'm in there all the time. Like, yeah, right. Much doing big rapids. I'm in there watching film or just shooting the shit with them. Yeah, right, like right. I spent feel so much sure. time in that complex this spring. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Um, but the landscape, as far as Division Two football is concerned, Coach Stud last week was like, "Man, I hope D two football doesn't become JUCO." And as much of hyperbole as that is, and as an exaggeration, I totally understand what he's getting at because. You're a great example of it. We saw the receiver Tess, uh, Tess, Tess, Tessel? Tess from Hillsdale went to Arkansas much earlier on. And then, you know, right after you so, leave, all of a sudden, we were just talking about the three kids from Grand Valley that jump in the portal. And now you got Wisconsin, Texas A&M, Bowling Green. All these guys are, are making that next jump. What do you think about these guys? I, I mean, I know your answer. It's a softball question. But what do you, what do you think about these guys going out and pursuing these new opportunities at the higher level? I can't blame him. I mean, obviously, I did the same thing. And I was <laughs> like, a bit, he comes on here and he's uh, like, I, I can't fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say, like, the one thing that I think is a little different, I don't know exactly where those guys were, but I was like a graduate. If these yep. transfer rules were like they used to be, I still could have done the same thing. Of course. You know? Um, which I think kind of plays into it. Um, and nobody at Ferris even plays in their redshirt year, like, ever. Yeah. For the most part. So... But there's, there's guys that did it kind of in the mid-year, too. I watched, like, Jake transfer to West Florida, and I watched uh, Marcellus, another O-lineman yep. from uh, Dagenham, pretty close with. He went down to UMass. And so, like, I was feeling it out. And um, I don't blame those kids, though. Like, 100%. you got the opportunity. It's just a it – it depends on what you're trying to do with ball, honestly. But, like, if, if you just look at it from an experience standpoint, no matter how good of a football player you're not, like, if you have the credentials to go – play at that level like that's just a life-changing thing yeah, why yeah. Wouldn't you? and especially like you said right. it depends on what you want to do with the sport and with the game like how you want that to impact your life because like coach Stubb was saying last mm-hmm. week a lot of these these i mean he can speak for his guys because he's been around them obviously they're trying to yep. set themselves up their families up for like a generational wealth I and mean, that's mm-hmm. what the league does right they're trying to make it to that next level and regardless of like you said if that is your aspiration or not that's just you know guys want to be challenged you don't play this sport to not be challenged, to not go through adversity. Like, that's that's what this sport is about. And I think it's right. easy from an outsider's perspective to take a look at a guy like you and to take a look at guys like the ones that we just mentioned and say, 
oh man, like commitment to teams, to teammates, to programs, like they have none of it. I think it's very easy to say that. It's kind of a cop-out answer. And that reaction says it all. Tell me why that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Uh, I love all those people there. <laughs> like yeah. the whole uh, cop-out thing. It's at some point there's a lot of, it's, it's a business. It, it sucks yeah. to say it, but you got to look out for yourself. And the only time that I think it's a bad thing is when people leave and there's bad blood and they don't do it in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would die for all those guys that are there, like love them to death. Um, and I'm honestly kind of disappointed I don't get to go play with them this fall. Like, yeah, I send out a bunch of texts and stuff like that. that so it's it's a touchy, honestly, subject for me. Like, it, yeah, it is bittersweet. Like even leaving, you know. Yeah. So 100. I feel that, and I think that's again that's how it's supposed to be, right? That's what this whole right. dynamic is supposed to be. You're with these guys, like you said, for four years, and then all of a sudden you go from a borderline frat house to being uh, a bachelor <laughs> in this place. Yeah. And it's uh, weird living alone. Yeah. It's in that, I, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a, that's a good little like anecdote from you. Like that moment of realization. I'm glad I asked about that. But um, I mean, we talk about this with a lot of, a lot of transfer guys, but your situation certainly unique. You're moving up a couple levels, right? And yeah. you're certainly going to be pushing some of these guys for meaningful snaps, right? You're not coming up there to ride pine like that. We talked about this. There are reasons you do this, and it's not just for the status of playing Division One Power Five football. Mm-hmm. Now, what I wanted to ask is, right now, you said you've been up there for a month, whatever. How beneficial is it to be up there right now to build up that rapport with these guys before you get into camp and you're going head to head, like really going at it every day? Now you're going to have a little bit of that. Like I said, that rapport kind of built up. Like, hey, this is my guy. We can go at it between the lines, but off the field, we know like we're brothers. Like that's what it is. Right. Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, that's a big part of football, you know. Um, I think that that's been a reason the Ferris has had so much success lately. Like, we got 60-some dudes in there in the summer and in June already working and stuff and oh, just yeah. building relationships and stuff. But uh, coming in here, like, that, that was a bit just a side note. That was another one of the big things I was looking at um, as far as choosing a school. Like, there was an actual need for me. I didn't want to get stuck in some spot. Um, there's actually this service called, like, player football focus. I don't know if you've okay. heard of it, but no. it records snaps and tackles from everybody in college football, division one wise. And I got a hold of the service and I was able to like look at actual rosters for next fall and how many snaps are returning and stuff like that. And exactly really? who they are told they were, which was a really cool tool. Actually, one of the schools like did it for me as like a recruiting pitch. Like here, use this. You can sit, you can tell that we actually need you like on our <laughs> team so i've never heard of that uh, that's pretty unique that's, that's cool. dope yeah yeah it, it honestly opened my eyes and when the coach gave it to me it was like okay this is really that came from west virginia um so coming in here there's a, a decent amount of young guys in this linebacker room um most of them are 19 20 years old or even younger um and uh they just kind of wanted an older guy and uh, getting here this summer i've already been around them for two three weeks and uh, i got here a little before everybody had to return but uh Obviously, like these guys had to report a week and a half ago, like yep. had to, it's required. So, getting in there and building relationships, you mean nobody's holding out like uh but... Saquon not signing his tender? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not not the same thing. <laughs> I, I, that would be a bad rap around here. That'd be that'd be, that'd be, be tough. pretty serious, yeah, that'd be, that'd be um, pretty tough. But I want to say, if I was looking right, the uh, the weak side linebacker, he, he led the Big 12 in tackles last season, yep, Danny Stutzman, he's a good That's guy, it, yeah, um, spent a lot of my time with him. and 
there's a lot to learn. And um, I got, he is the one guy returning in the room that's done a lot. And there's other guys that are like, he's playing Will and uh, they brought me in to kind of play Mike. Yeah. Uh, and, and like a traditional four, three type look. And oh, yeah. uh, the two, the guys that are there, they, they're smart and they're, they were highly recruited out of high school and they just haven't played a lot of meaningful downs in games at all. Um, so just looking to challenge them and, try to earn any kind of snaps I can, you know, obviously earn a starting spot, but oh, yeah. I'm going to give it my best. And uh, there's a lot to learn. That is the most eye-opening thing. It's yeah, far as actual ball goes. Like I'm buried in this iPad trying to study every day. That's sick. So, now you got, you yeah. got to bring that, like that Ferris, like almost big 10 esque mindset. We got to, we got to flip the script on this big 12 defense narrative. Man, it's, it's different. There's a lot of space and a lot of speed. going. Yeah, on. dude. And that's something that, I mean, you, you're Excel at, obviously, like, you can run stuff, you can fill the hole, you have that physicality, but also sideline to sideline, like, you're a guy that can chase these people down, and obviously, if they didn't believe that, you wouldn't be where you're at right now, so. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a great opportunity. I'm looking Hell forward yeah. to, to actually getting out there. We got, like, uh, two times a week, we get to go out there for an hour, and, like, there's a scripted, basically, hour practice without pads stuff, but... uh so I'm doing doing a lot there, running around, getting on seven on seven stuff right now. That's just good. trying to soak up everything I can. It's been That's a good. lot. What's the uh, got two two more easy ones for you? What's the, what's the living yeah. situation? You say you're done with roommates? Yeah, as of right now, I got a like uh, apartment of myself, um, pretty close to the stadium. That was like the one thing I was looking for. Oh, I yeah. want to, you know, five a.m.s early. Drive fifteen minutes because this campus good. is a little more spread out than Big Rapids was. Yeah. I know I didn't notice that quick. So yeah, last one for you. What kind of meals are we talking in the Tupperware? What are we, what are we bringing home? Um, so it's not always bring home, but every morning uh, yeah, it's yeah. like a bread breakfast and omelet, and it's it's not like your it's not your um, like school calf omelet yeah, yeah. bar. Like it's like a the dude knows how to cook kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> um, and then there's a lunch that's like from eleven to two or something, and it's it's to die for food. Like we had. <sighs> uh pork ribs the other day that were killer there's always wings and then there's a bunch of healthy stuff and yeah and then there's always like a stir fry option that you can make and customize yeah. and it's all you can eat it's too much they, <laughs> and then there's they go after practices and like it's stupid <laughs> coming from what you know what we're from like yeah dude now we get it yeah stupid. 100 like man yeah spoiled kid Either way, man, you got a couple fans in us. I'm like really excited. And you know, it's like you watch all the big time football games, but it's fun to watch it and have some type of connection to those guys. So I know you got two fans in us here. I'm excited to to see what you do. I know you'll find your way onto the field somehow, even if it's a, a minimal role at first. I know you're gonna make the most of whatever opportunity you get down there, dude. I appreciate it, Kobe. Thanks for having me on, man. Good luck, bro. Of course, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, yep, nice to meet you guys. See you, Connor. Great talk with Connor. Like I said before, like Dude's just down to earth, super relatable, I feel like. Um, the best story was the the going from eight dudes in a house, by the way, first of all, two bathrooms. Bro, none bathrooms had to be destroyed. That ratio is crazy. Yeah. Them, them both, those bathrooms had to be just like. We've got, for reference, we have five in our house with two and a toilet, a separate toilet. It's a long story. Yeah. Two and a separate toilet. And I feel like any more, that would be a little much. Yeah, like, yeah. Because... <laughs> I mean, there's our house is different though. Like they probably yeah. have two, four people on each level yep. and two bathrooms. Probably true. Like, probably that would be true. ass. 
<laughs> would be ass. But let's talk about his former team, the Ferris State Bulldogs, who flew out this morning to the White House. They only got notice last week that they would actually be invited out for College Athlete Day, an NCAA event honoring the national champions across a ton of different divisions, a ton of different sports. So how quick did they and make that up? Isn't that crazy? Because they only, I'm telling you, they only got noticed late last week. The North Central coach, the head football coach for the D3 defending national champions, he said he was so surprised that his first response back to the initial invite is, are you guys serious? Is this real? Really? That's what he said. On, uh, on like some news, they had him on a news interview. I was doing a little bit of homework. Um, so it was just like That's that funny. spur of the moment. I thought that was pretty funny. But this is a look. By the way, here's a new little look for you guys. You can see me and the screen kind of nice. But... This is a look at kind of what the event looked like. This is from the White House YouTube channel, but you can just see, you know, pretty straightforward. That is Charlie Baker at the podium with an interpreter on the right side. But Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, just kind of giving an address about what this means. And behind him, you've got representatives from each of those national championship teams. So you can see the, for lack of a better term, the black guy in the black polo in the top middle there uh, is the representative from Ferris State's football team. And... I'm actually not sure. I can't see which one of them would be the one from North Central. But uh, you'd see a ton of different teams were represented at this uh, college athlete day, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. Now, I told you in the beginning, President Biden did not make an appearance, uh, even though he was supposed to. And I told you it had something to do with eating a little bit too much ice cream. Can you guess? You can't, can you? He had a root canal. Did he? He had a root canal. A little too much chocolate, chocolate chip. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and so. hey, in all seriousness, like that is a legit, like that is a legitimate reason to miss something. Like that is a actual procedure. I'm not trying to make light of the situation. This is not a political show, but it's funny. That's funny, yeah, dude. That's funny. That's funny. You missed it because of a root canal. <laughs> he's on the he's on the ten day right now. <laughs> he he actually his status was uh, promptly downgraded to questionable, questionable. before the event, um, and then you know, right before the event started doubtful. was put down to doubtful. Yep. So if we take a look at Ferris State's Twitter feed, I was going to try and pull up a picture, but their whole feed is full, just chock full of stuff from their visit here. So we're just going to scroll through and see here's, we're going backwards, obviously. So we're scrolling down um, the flight back. It looks like they were actually with North Central mm -hmm. right here. So this says, yeah, two groups of national champions flying back to Chicago. Yeah. Congrats to the D3 national champs, which is, uh, that's pretty cool. But if you go down, a little bit further, you've got the flight. Here's a couple of the uh, where they're eating at, and there we go. There's a there's a good picture of the Ferris State crew. That is their group of representatives that uh, made it to the White House. A pretty cool setup. Yeah. There it looks like like they definitely they, they did for as last minute as it all kind of seemed. This definitely came together. It looks like a really polished event. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I was saying on the other episode. Kate is like. How would you decide which guys get to go? That would yeah, be really hard, I think. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, they're probably all older guys. Guys yeah. have been there for two years. Captains and stuff like that. But I, I want to say from the article that I read, the number was 25. And so I was like, if you take starters from both sides of the ball, it's 22. Yeah. I imagine the special teams guys might not get a spot. I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of way that. Yeah, I'm sure they, they figured gonna be it out. About it either way. Yeah, they absolutely are. But um, that is uh, a, a nice little shot of where's my mouse of the guys there. And then if we keep moving down here, there were a couple more that I wanted to get to. Just kind of the guys interacting with some of the media. Quick interview with Coach and Nice there, and the sports director down from uh, Big Rapids made the trip down there as well. Here's some of the guys just kind of talking about 
the experience, but there was one picture that I wanted to find. There's Flex in the Rings, and here it is. <laughs> this says, is Coach Anise, the head coach for Ferris State here. A little rain never stopped the dogs sightseeing in D.C. And he is just the happiest little camper with his rain poncho on posted Sorry. up on the curb. I thought that was fucking hilarious. And I love, too, it's, it's got the same energy as, like, a little kid at a restaurant where his on the bar stools because yeah, his legs, legs just, aren't reaching the ground. They're sure. just swinging. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. There's a better look uh, for you guys. If we get a little closer zoomed up look, but... I mean, hey, when you win back-to-back natties, that's the kind of expression you're supposed to wear. Yeah. Right? Deserve it. Yeah. That's, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and then as far as North Central goes, they made the trip as well. Now, I will say the coverage from North Central, kind of lackluster. Uh, Ferris has been all over it, dude. But North Central, uh, much more sporadic in their posting. I can only really find this. There's a picture of a couple of their representatives as they made their way around D.C. But, I mean, like – Still, just such a cool opportunity. And, of course, why would you post that picture? Out of all yeah. the pictures you could post? Looks like, looks like they got it off Safari. <laughs> like, or Google Maps. Yeah. Why, right. why that one? Um, but there you are. There's a couple couple more of the guys. But one of uh, – I think it was actually Coach and he um, said it best. And he said, you know, this is an opportunity that over 90%, and I would argue 99% of the population will never get to experience. Oh, yeah. Like, they got to go in the White House. As far as I know, they got to get in the gates of the White House. I don't know if they went inside, per se. But they got to enter the gates of the White House, uh, be on the South Lawn. That's where they held the ceremony. Uh, that is just – it's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Do you imagine getting the, getting the call? Yeah, that'd be cool to go there. Because I could not. I could not fathom that. But either way, pretty sweet for those guys. Awesome opportunity. Let's transition over to NFL. And you know what? Let's start. We can start with D-Hop, right? DeAndre Hopkins uh, released by the Cardinals, correct? And recently took a visit down to Tennessee with the Titans. This week he's heading over to New England, and that's a spot a lot of people have been uh, talking about. I just Mac don't feel like D-Hop want to play with Belichick, dude. I don't think so. Mac Jones just gives the most – Belichick answers to it, like these pressers and stuff yeah, when they ask like him about cloned. it. And he's like, yeah, he'd be a great addition, but we have all the wide receivers we need. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you don't, pal. You had the third or fourth lowest QBR in the league last year. You know Baker was the worst? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't, but that's bad. That's bad. It's like 30. It doesn't 30. surprise me. <laughs> this is where we need Drew yeah. to come to bat for him. <laughs> you have a slideshow ready. Yeah, right? With all of his good stats? Yeah. That's what people do. They go and pick out all these little tiny, minute stats, and they start tweeting about shit. But um, have the Lions reached out? That's my question. Because a lot of people have kind of thrown that around. Obviously. Well, they were favored like, like yeah. pretty early to get them. With, you're talking about like odds-wise? Yeah. Okay. With J-Mo missing the first six games of the season as it stands, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that you look top-down, wide receiver one, is pretty obvious, but then we do have some other playmakers for sure. But the you could definitely argue the star power is not. I mean, I'm in But it need, I'm still saying wide receiver one, yeah. Sun God. But um, from Marvin there, Jones. I mean, Marvin Jones, the rookie out of North Carolina, will have to play some snaps. Marvin Jones has kind of been that guy before, but he's been inconsistent with it. So Diop's a really a proven guy. A lot of people I know, Orlovsky had said Baltimore. Could be a really good landing spot yeah, for him. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, D-Hop and Odell. And he actually said, like, the Eagles. I'm like, how can the Eagles, first of all, how could they afford that? But yeah, no way. When you think about the, what that potential wide receiving core would look like, 
AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. D Hop. You're talking. I mean, you'd have to Pascal. What can you do coverage wise? It's you can't afford to give extra help to any of them. So there's no way that hypothetical happens. He's, he was he's at the Titans uh, a couple of days ago. He was, and this week it's uh, it's New England. Um, but as far as New England goes, would you like to see what uh, Bill Belichick had to say about uh, his plans to make it to New England? <laughs> <laughs> Dad would really like that one. Bill Belichick on being asked when DeAndre Hopkins will visit. You want to go ahead and read it for me, Cade? I'm not a travel agent. <laughs> and they picked the perfect picture, too. The dude, is just, dude is just permanently pissed off. Shout out BR Gridiron. Um, they said classic Bill with the skull. I mean, that, that's, that's crazy. Funny. That's hilarious, I did not dude. see that. That's funny. That's pretty good. That one, uh, that one cracked me up. Uh, and then there was some other news that I just wanted to comment on as far as his contract is concerned because that's, I think, the biggest question when it comes to the potential landing spots of these teams. You can write these mock-ups all day long if you want, right? But if the money is not there, none of them will end up working. And uh, shout-out Dove Kleeman, by the way, too. I always pull up his tweets because he's always on this shit. But NFL execs, doesn't name who, are... That, what does that say? I can't read. It's too small. Digressing or disagreeing. Disagreeing on wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins' contract value. One exec said Hopkins will get between... Eight to ten million on a one-year deal. Another said that if if it was March, he'd give him what does that say? Eighteen. Eighteen mil on a multi-year deal. Eighteen mil on a multi-year deal. So basically, Dove isn't adding too much to the conversation. He's just saying different people have different opinions about what he's worth. I mean, this is the thing. I think running backs are feeling it the most right now, like with Dove and Cook and Saquon. Saquon was talking about like, that. And same thing that happened with Garner Johnson to the Lions. Like, he yeah. thought he was going to get a lot more money, and now, yet again, he's on another prove-it deal. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, Very this true. is D-Hop, though. Like, let's think about it. Let's take a step back. Like, this is DeAndre Hopkins. Three-time All-Pro. He should be getting 10-plus million a year in but my eyes. But he's 31 years old. In my eyes. You know what I mean? Like He's he, 31 years old. That's the, I think that's probably a big part of the holdup. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be a wide receiver one anymore. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and I can, think if you're him, that's probably the most ideal situation. But he's you don't too, have to he's do too humble, I feel like, to go in there and take some $6.5 million deal. Like, he won't do that. Neither will Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook won't take anything less than, like, probably 8 or $9 million a year. That's what, yeah, that was a big deal too. And he was officially cut from the Vikings and the running back. <clears throat> I joked with Connor about it, about Saquon not reporting to the mandatory camp or whatever. But he has until I believe July seventeenth is that final date for him, where the the two sides have to reach a deal or mm-hmm. else something it's not going to work out. Yeah, right. So very interesting to see what happens there. The running back position it does feel like has been fleeced in the last couple of years as far as deals go, but it becomes with the ma- the nature of the position, right? And I, th- I think that's just what it is, and, and staying healthy is always at a premium at that position on the field. Shit, look at me. One of the running backs uh, will get, you know, like one of the running backs will get paid, and they'll just all do a domino effect. Hopefully, that's what happens. No, I'm saying like in the the, like when, like the NFL is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be the same NFL forever. You know, what I mean, it's going to go through. Yeah. No, it eventually has to. It's You're changes right. And yeah. It's, you know it definitely. I mean? so it eventually. Eventually, has to. be the running backs' time to get their bag, and then they'll get all get their, you know, ten years. Or eight years, two hundred forty million. But when is it the XFL's time to get their bag? Oh, well, they got they're starting off in a deep hole, so <laughs> they better start clicking every penny. This year was not the year that the XFL was in their bag. The report that we've seen all over the place is that, and they call it Dwayne Johnson's XFL. Like I said, he's the public figurehead. There are a group of people yeah, that own yeah. the XFL, um, and when you're as popular, sorry, my back is tight. When you're as popular as The Rock, 
you know, all of the success and also all the failures of your league are going to be directly attributed to and you. Magnified. Yes, and magnified in the in the public eye, correct? So losing sixty million, and this was, you know, the second coming of the revitalization of this league in twenty twenty three. And the report comes originally by Forbes Jabari Young, who is, I don't really know who, but he works for Forbes, so it's got to be somewhat of a credible fo- source. To How be do you lose 60 you. mil, though? Like, what? $60 million. How much did they? Oh, my God. That's crazy, dude. And the biggest impact of that is going to be cutting the workforce for the XFL, yeah, which is disappointing. But, I mean, you get it. You can't afford to, just to staff that many people. Absolutely. A lot of not. jobs. Yeah. So. That's the estimate. Forbes is the estimate, right? Now, there are optimistic, quote, optimistic projections for the future. The XFL is reportedly anticipating generating $100 million in revenue during the upcoming season. Key term there, revenue, not profit, revenue. So you take your revenue, subtract whatever your operating costs, your staff, your right. uh, promotional materials, your stadiums, your uniform, all the stuff. I have to subtract that. I don't know what they'll be turning in as a net. Yeah, I put it in a T-chart. <laughs> Yeah. Subtract the left and the right. Yeah, but I'm sure that's what they do at the headquarters, actually. They just got a fat-ass T-chart on the wall. They could, dude. They don't. It's accounting. AI. It's accounting, yeah. They use AI. They use Word Excel. <laughs> or they use Excel. Word Excel. <laughs> You're merging them? Yeah. I don't think they have it in an Excel sheet. I think they probably got something a little better. AI? What? what who the hell is doing that? I guarantee you there are people doing a majority of their accounting on it with AI. I believe it. It's a monotonous task. That's what AI is for. I ain't doing it. I'll tell you that. What kind of accounting do you do? 101. (laughs) You almost failed it. Oh, I didn't. I got B plus. Yeah. Miracle. But, uh, so the biggest source of their income, it is worth noting, approximately 25% of it is from the broadcasting deal with ESPN, which pays uh, roughly $20 million per season. And that's what we've seen across all sports. We've talked a lot about at length about the college football conferences and the way they set up their Mm -hmm. broadcasting rights deals because at the end of the day, college football doesn't, unless you're the top upper echelon, doesn't turn over a profit. Most of the schools, our school is not making money on football. We're losing a lot of it, right? But when you get up there and you get those big-time broadcasting deals, that's where you can start to see a little bit of that financial return. Now, despite all this going on, they're still committed, obviously, to not only expanding the league's fan base, but also transforming it into what they call here a profitable venture. And uh, definitely know what the challenges are, but uh, the quote from Johnson here says, quote, my goal is to get through the first season. This is not just an endeavor that's going to fill up a portfolio. Excuse me, English is hard. And one day we flip it and we're out. This is a legacy. This is the long game. That's what he says. So this is he, definitely a He did critical... add, like I saw on Twitter, it was like there's over 75 to 100 guys are in the XFL are going to be competing in NFL training camps coming up this summer. So I That's mean, a great point. Yeah, that's another thing. That is a great point, and they've done a great job people at just always providing about opportunities. How, like, there's not, like, or people always say, like, hey, we should, there should be like a minor league for football. Well, basically, you know what I mean? Like, this is basically there. And that's the problem with that I have is the people that ask for that and the people that claim to be just football fans and not NFL fans, how much support do they have for the XFL, for the USFL? Yeah. Now, admittedly, I watched a decent amount of XFL. I have not really turned on the USFL. Yeah. I I haven't I watched a couple of games like the XFL with you, but not, yeah. nothing in the USFL really. Yeah, there's because let me think about it. The USFL is picking up whatever's left, basically. Mm-hmm. All the guys from the XFL that were 
I hate to say it, worth a shit, are on practice squads or training camp or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So it's an interesting, a very interesting dynamic. But uh, we can move on. This will be a pretty quick topic, but first we do have a uh, a short video to react to here from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is because Cade they are bringing back the creamsicle uniforms. And so if I pull this guy up here, we'll go. We'll go full At least I don't got to see Brady in them, bro. That's all. That's all that matters. Yeah. We've got the makings of a classic today with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers set to take on the Detroit Lions. It's an NFC Central clash, folks. So raise the flags and fire the cannons. That old logo is so dope. Yeah, it is. Like, the old, uh, the old logo is so dope. It does. It's got like, I mean, it's Buccaneer, right? So it's got that kind of look to it. Um, but I mean, cool little like retro vibey, like yeah. all on the vintage TV. Even like the whole Lions deal. They got the updated like the date on there. So there you go. Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. October fifteenth is the day that they will officially bring back the creamsicle uniforms. And um, for those who are not familiar. Potentially, not everyone knows what these uh, what these uniforms look like. Here is a good look at what you can expect from the creamsicles, and those whoo, they're like a great way to explain this. And I mean, I know there's nostalgia attached to it for a lot of people, especially a little bit older generations. They're like the best looking ugly you could ask for. Yeah, definitely. The color is just like so bad. It's decent. <laughs> it's so bad, but I, that's exactly kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Is because conventionally i feel like that would just not really work i mean tennessee would like a word i guess on that note um but just i think it's more of the style than the color like what look at those stripes in the socks yeah that's not it what is that i mean and the, the, the jerseys QB, themselves the are QB so looks plain. Dope. yeah he does but he's got you know he's accessorized up makes it easy now the flag the flag is hard yeah that's like and the logo itself logo is really clean that's definitely edited dude that here flag is a man. uh no, I don't think it is. You can see the guy's foot right there. Do you see the guy's foot underneath, the little guy carrying the flag right here? He's got the orange shirt on. You see my cursor? Yeah. He's right there. That's a dude. Um, Here's a – where's the arrows right here? Yeah. Here's another. That's a better picture right there, I think, as far as the uh, the uniforms are concerned. How about the face masks, though? We think about the, the, I think the face masks are kind of hard. Yeah, those are sweet. Face masks are pretty dope. I can, always get, uh, I can always get behind some cool face masks. For sure. Um, very retro, very retro vibey, like 60s, 70s type vibes. But pretty cool stuff there from the Buccaneers. And, of course, they have to bring them out against the Lions. Um, yeah, of course, right. But, hey, I mean, we'll we, we to see them immediately. So, otherwise, I think that's almost about it. We got one more quick little thing to look at, and that is the new logo for the Browns. I just wanted to pull that up briefly because I thought it was pretty sweet. So, I thought yeah, it was worth uh, taking a look so at Is that going to be on the field, too, or no? That's a good question. So, I think – Usually when you have this type of logo, it's like a secondary logo. So this would be something that potentially goes on in like little uniforms or they definitely have uh, merch. Like you can already see on the bottom right there, people are trying to sell some merch on it already. But I don't believe this is uh, replacing their primary logo. Um, it says here, introducing our official dog logo. I think the helmet is still going to be their official. Like that's, you know what I mean? That's the Browns. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to go on the side of their helmets. Um, it's not going to be at center field, right? At the 50-yard line. But this will be something that is just kind of a secondary, and they uh, it could be like an alternate uni type 
It could. Like, I could definitely see this going on a uniform. You know what I mean? Somewhere on a uniform. Like I said, definitely will be on merch. Definitely be used in graphic design and stuff. And I can sure. tell you from someone who makes graphics and stuff, like having more than one yeah, logo nice. or something to work with. Look repetitive and shit. So sweet. Um, but the logo itself, sick. Really cool. I like it. Yeah, it's dope. Like very, like it's, it's a, I mean, it's a bulldog. It's a dog. I dope love it. Pound. Yeah, the collar's dope. And it's like not, it's Georgia, but it's not Georgia. You know? Mm-hmm. It's really not. So, unique. Unique enough. I thought it was. Yeah, hey, uh, did a good job. I thought it was worth mentioning, but uh, that's all we got for today. Appreciate y'all listening, watching, whatever. Follow us. Hit the store. Apply to the D1R athlete program. All of the above. Thank you for listening. D1R is out.